Welcome to the Warrior Mama podcast, as we learn how to apply God's Word to our lives in motherhood, finding in big and small ways that the truth of the gospel applies not just to our lives as moms, but also to our children's lives, so that as we stand anchored in Him, we mother confidently with our hearts at rest. I'm so glad you're joining me today at the kitchen table. Welcome back to the kitchen table. I hope today that you can pull up a seat. We are going to be exploring how we build our foundation in motherhood when we are walking with a child who is struggling with fear. This one is one that I think every single mama I know has had a child who has struggled with being afraid. And so I think all of us have tried to make the best of it, do what we thought we could do, do what we were told would be the right choices to make. I believe that most of us, when I talk to other moms, it echoes back my own feelings, which were, man, I hope I'm doing this right. What I don't want is to have a child who really struggles with anxiety and fear as an adult. A lot of us mamas, and I'm putting myself in this camp, I have wrestled with this because what I wouldn't want is for my child to struggle the way sometimes I have struggled with anxiety and fear. So if you are a mom today who has parented a young little one or an older child who is afraid, maybe afraid in something that's happening in their school environment and something that's happening just in their thought life, they they catastrophize things or they worry about this or they are concerned about that. Perhaps it's only been because we have walked through the most straining four years that many of us have ever felt like we've walked through on just even a global level. And so fear has been introduced into your home because of the experiences that you've had as a family. I believe this podcast is so important to all of us. We are remembering that we are seeking to be women who root our motherhood. We anchor our motherhood in gospel truths found only in the word of God. There are a lot of opinions out there. There's a lot of advice out there. A lot of it it is relatively good. It seems like it would work. It seems like it would be of value to us. But when storms come into our lives, when things get really rocky with the child, when we are faced with maybe the realization that whatever it is we're trying isn't doesn't seem to be working, we want our motherhood, the choices that we are doing to be fully on solid ground. And the only solid ground is Jesus and the word of God. Solid ground isn't the advice of your mom or your friend or the best writer about, you know, who writes about children needs. They may have good advice, but if it is not anchored in the word of God, it isn't for us solid ground. But when we find what the word says, often some of this good advice actually becomes advice that we can use through the lens and the framework of the gospel. 
Okay. So we're not throwing out all good advice. That's not what we've been doing in this series. And today, again, we're not going to throw out the good advice, but what we really want to do is we want everything that we do to come through the lens of the gospel, which means you and I were separated from God, except that God loved us so much. He sent Jesus for us and he extends to us the love he has for Jesus because Jesus died on the cross for us. That is good news and God will never abandon us. See, that's the good news of the gospel for you and for me in our motherhood, for any part of our lives, and it's the good news for our child. And we want to have that just ooze out of every one of our conversations, out of every way that we engage and interact with our children, whether it's just a hug, a look, or something that we say. More than anything else, we want them to know and to see Jesus because he is our hope. So today we're going to be looking at what do we do when our child is afraid? And there's lots of great advice out there, isn't there? Lots of people offer counseling and they offer therapy and they offer lots of things when you or I struggle with anxiety and they offer it for our child. And I'm not discounting the power of that or the necessity of that in seasons. I think that we definitely in the Kimsey home have used and benefited greatly from therapy and from counseling and from help. But what I want you to know is the solid ground on which even the counseling and the therapy must be anchored on. Because that's what we're going to need when the storms come. Right now in our home, if you at all follow me on Instagram, you will have seen, because I've made mention of it a couple times, and it's not to call out a certain child in my own home, but I have made mention of the fact that we're in a hard season with one of ours, that they are really wrestling with thoughts of fear and anxiety, lots of worry thoughts this child is having. They tend to come more aggressively in the evening as it's time to wind down and settle in. We have more worry, more concern, more maybe anxiety that's being heard in their voice and in their tone of voice. We have been experiencing in our home, we've been experiencing stomach aches too with that. Like, so we are having physical symptoms and there's nothing wrong. Again, we have sought (laughs) medical care to make sure there's nothing wrong physically, but this child is experiencing even physical manifestations of being afraid, of being worried, of being concerned. See, our children can use different words in different language. What we want to know is we want to see what it is so that we can introduce them or remind them of Jesus in that space. But what does the world say? So when, when we are hearing all out in the world, we're hearing all this great advice of what to do with our child who might be feeling anxious or afraid. What do we hear from the world? I want to go over that first. I've done that every session just so that you can understand there's value in it. But we want to make it rock solid. So we're going to then pivot and put it down into the principles of a gospel-centered motherhood, and we're going to actually anchor it straight into the word and give you key practical takeaways for your time with your child, okay? 
Number one, the world says it's totally normal to feel worried and afraid. And it is. We all do. In fact, in a lot of ways, it's a safety mechanism, right? If you have a child who has never felt worried and afraid, doesn't that child kind of scare you? They're not afraid of anything. And my goodness, all you think about is they're going to get hurt because they're not, nothing slows them down, right? So worry and caution and fear is actually a healthy response unless it's misplaced, right? And so the goal isn't to eliminate anxiety, but to manage it. So that's what the world says. Hey, this is a great thing. The goal is not to eliminate it. The goal is to manage it. The world says, we don't want to avoid the thing that is making the child anxious. We want to express realistic and positive expectations. We want to respect their feelings, listen well to what they're saying about what is making them feel afraid. Listen well to that. Show that you understand what it is that they're afraid of. Whether that is that something's in their closet when they're very young, often don't, don't we all? Isn't that crazy that almost every person probably has a story of being afraid of something in their closet or under their bed or something in the dark? Why is that? We're going to get into that later, but just remember, we all have felt that. And so we can show understanding without sharing it right? And that's even what the world says is the world says, Hey mom, like show understanding. You totally understand what they're afraid of, but that you are not afraid of that as well. So you don't share that fear, but you understand and you're validating. Yeah, I hear you. So the world also says, Hey, we want to validate that feeling. We understand that you feel afraid. We don't want to say, Oh, don't be afraid. Oh, you just need to get over that. No, we hear it. We spend time listening We say often the world also says, or, you know, lots of research will, if you spend time reading articles or reading books, it'll say, don't ask leading questions that can only exacerbate fear. So in other words, we don't ask questions like, oh, well, are you also afraid because of the closet in this room? So you're actually introducing the idea of, oh, no, this fear is not just in my room with my closet. Now it can be in your room with your closet. You know, we don't want to, we don't want to ask leading questions. And we don't reinforce a child's fears. We don't, you know, legitimize and say, well, you should be afraid. Somebody once jumped out of a closet for me and it was this bad guy, right? And we want to help them capture the thoughts that they are hearing, right? We want to help them identify when the fear is beginning to strike them, beginning to hit their mind, beginning to be all that they can think about. We want to hear that understand it and help them to hear what thoughts are bothering them and help them to understand that. So this is all worldly concept of how do we walk with our child? And many of us have tried this. I definitely have. We have had eight children and every single one of my children, every single one at some season of life has struggled with fear. Some struggled with it when they were very young Then they kind of, we walk through some of these things that I'm going to share today and they've just been fine. Others of my children with different temperaments have struggled with fear again and again, like it ebbs and it flows. It comes back and it goes away. And as they've grown, they've had to grow an increased understanding of how to help themselves, how to walk with God as the gospel has become more real to them, more clear to them, they've gained an independence 
in handling their anxiety and their fear and their worry, but they've had to grow in it. They've had to deepen in it and different personalities handle these things differently. And so we also, as students of our child, as the ones who are with them all the time and we're always listening and we're engaged and we're praying for them, we want to be aware of what kind of personalities we're parenting. Do we have a child who has a tendency to be tripped up by fear and worry? Then we should be more in tune and attuned to when they may be stepping into a season like this and why they would be stepping into that season. And I'm going to share a little bit more as we go about why I believe the one that we have right now struggling with fear and worry is struggling. But for this second, I want you to understand as a student of your child, it is this beautiful space that you occupy. You know your child best here on earth, and you are tied to the God who knows them perfectly. And in your prayer life, you can be praying on their behalf and asking God to give you his wisdom and his insight to know what it is they're struggling with. Remember, we talked about in our six principles, one of our six principles is that we want to understand the heart motivations. And the way we do that is we actually seek God and his wisdom and his insight for that. Why? Because God intimately knows my child. That's that sixth point in the six concepts that we hold. God intimately knows your child. He is the source of information for you with your little one. He will give you the wisdom and discernment. He will show you in conversations or in moments in the day. And if you are seeking him, it will all of a sudden, like a lightning bolt, hit you. Oh my gosh, that's part of the reason why this is what they're struggling with. I can't, there was, there have been many times in my parenting where I've had a child who is really, really struggling with fear and I didn't understand why and I couldn't figure it out. And I'm asking the Lord and I'm really seeking him and over days or weeks of praying. And, you know, in that time, I'm going to, I'm doing all the things we're about to talk about, about what I'm walking with my child doing, but as this parallel track, I am pleading with God, give me insight. Let me know. And there have been several times, several times where with like lightning bolt clarity, all of a sudden in the middle of the day, I realized it's a movie. I let them see. It's a TV show. I've been letting them watch. It's an experience that they had weeks ago that I didn't think about at all. That's just layered in there. And so what we want to understand is that God knows what lies at the bottom of their fear. He fully understands that. And he delights in teaching you and me about that secret space in our child's heart. Like he will let us know. Because in letting us know, we get to do gospel work. There is a holiness in that moment where we then clearly can see what lies at the bottom of that fear. And we can, number one, pray over it because there is a spiritual battle there. And number two, we can speak into it with our child. And we can say, is this what you're afraid of? 
and then let them spill out what it is that's been way down deep in there. And then you get to address it with the word of God. So you and I, number one, one of the top principles of a gospel-centered motherhood is we need to understand, number one, God intimately knows my child. And number two, he invites me to pray and ask him to show me what is down under this. So those are two main points. We need to know them. Why? Because our child is of great value and worth to God, and he is pursuing them for kingdom work for a lifetime. And that means that they need to see that he is their hope, he is their help, and he is their healing and their strength. It's not us. We can't fix it. So in walking with a child with fear, if you have done this as a mom, you probably right now are totally nodding your head and saying, yes, I cannot fix my child's fear. There are things that I have thought I could fix in raising kids. Like there's different areas where I'm like, yeah, I fixed that. Like, oh yeah, I I got that one changed. This is one I have never fixed, but I've watched God do massive work and change my child's heart and grow their strength and their confidence in him. He is their hope. He is their help and he is their healer in this. And our job is just to pivot them to him. So, We're going to look now. We talked a little bit about what the world says. The world says, listen well, validate, say that you understand that fear without sharing the fear, validate their feelings, listen, help them understand it's normal to feel afraid, but that they need to be able to learn how to manage it, right? Those are all worldly, great therapy concepts. Then there's this great concept in the world. And I've heard it be said many times, I think in therapy, even with one of ours, it was like, we want to catch it, challenge it and change it. So we catch that negative self-talk, that, ne- that fear talk in our mind, we catch it. Then we challenge it. In essence, we say, is it true? And then we change it. So we change it from this fear talk to talk of strength and confidence Okay, so that's a worldly paradigm for helping somebody with a lot of anxiety, fear and worry in their mind is catch, challenge, change. That's what we were taught. But what I want us to understand is, yes, but we're going to take this into a gospel language with our children because it's not sufficient to catch, challenge and change if we aren't linked to Jesus. It won't help us. Long term, it won't. It just won't. We do our children an injustice. As believing women of God, we do our children a a just complete injustice if we do not link their only hope for controlling their mindset to the word of God and to Jesus. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with therapy and counseling. There's It's so good, and it can be a part of what you need to do, and you may need to be there. But I want you to also know and be listening, even when you're sitting in therapy, that if it's only linked to, hey, you better muscle it up and change it yourself, there's going to be a weakness there. But when we link it to the one who is the changer and we link it to his word that anchors us in hope, there's power there. Okay. So what we do in our home, number one, is we, we do have to help our children spot or you can use the word catch. We usually talk about, hey, spotting it. Can you spot 
or listen, can you hear what you're thinking? Can you tell mommy what it is you're thinking? What it, what are you always worried about? What is it that makes you worried? Say it, like, let it speak out. Why? Because a lot of times our kids, it'll be the same thought kind of pounding their brain. And then we want to challenge it with truth with a big T, not the truth of, is, is it truth, true that there's, there's nobody in your closet, but with the truth, the big T truth. So is it true because the Bible says that that is true or is it not true? So whether the fear is a social anxiety fear that people won't like me or I'm not good enough or acceptable enough or pretty enough, if the fear is I'm afraid of what will happen at night, I'm afraid of the dark, I'm afraid of going to sleep, I'm afraid of not doing something well, I'm afraid I won't be as smart as, you know, help hear that truth. Help that child listen and find it, spot it, and challenge it with the truth. Now, this is work for you and me. So we have been praying with God. We've been asking God to help us see that underlying heart issue because that's the actual area that needs to be challenged with the truth. So when we have our children and we're talking to them about, is this truth? Is this what God says about you? Is this what God promises you? And then, because it's not, we're going to replace it with the word. So it's not sufficient just to change it to a good statement, which is what, when we were learning this in our counseling, it was catch, challenge, change. It wasn't sufficient for that child to change it to, I just will choose not to be afraid, or I will just choose to be brave. That's not sufficient. What is sufficient is to replace it with the word. So what happens when we feel afraid? What are some of these places in the word that we need to know because we often feel afraid and how can we anchor our children in the word? So we're going to talk about a couple. And then I want to tell you about something that I've created because my own children needed it. So I've created a pillowcase and you can get it. There's a link in the show notes and you can go and you can buy it. This pillowcase is designed to have seven key scriptures about not being afraid specifically at night. So these are scriptures that speak to settling down for sleep and trusting God with your sleep. Why? Because with my own children, I needed to help them anchor into and replace their fear with the truth that God has written in his word. And the only way I could do it and remember them was actually for it to literally be right there when we go to bed at night, because I'm tired when I put my kids to bed. And so we have the, this pillowcase that we've created that will offer for you a beautiful picture with seven scriptures that are key about going to sleep at night. And you can just pick one with your child and say, this one right here. Well, truthfully, what we do with ours is our child picks it, whichever one he or she may want that night to hold on to, to cling to as the lights go out and they're laying there for a few minutes and they can, in the dark, speak out the word of God. So our pillowcase 
has scriptures like, In peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. Another one says, He will order his angels to protect me wherever I go. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. God's peace will guard my heart and my mind. Do not be afraid. I have called you by name and you are mine. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. And finally, don't be afraid for I am with you and I will strengthen you and I will help you. So this pillowcase is designed for a young child who struggles with sleep at night. And the whole goal of that is to anchor them into the word of God. But you and I need to know the word of God in order to be able to anchor our children into the word of God. So Psalm 34, 4 is one that is key for me and has been key in conversations with my kids over the years. And I want to help you understand and give you some places that you can go with your children today. So Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. Psalm 46, 1 through 3 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swellings. So in other words, no matter what is happening, I don't have to be afraid. God is my very present help. In Isaiah 56, 3 through 4, so these are some of my favorites that I share with my kids. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? In other words, what can man do to me? What can anybody do to me? So this is a great conversation piece to have with your child who's struggling with fear of other people. We want to anchor our children in the word because it's not going to be sufficient for them to spot it and challenge it, whether or not it's true or not, if they can't anchor it back to truth that God offers them. In our home, especially around this concept of fear and the concept of thoughts that we can't stop thinking, we use the word picture of an airplane. And what I teach my children, I'm going to teach you and I'm going to give it to you in the language I give it to my children when they're very young. So maybe you would like it. And we'll finish our, our, our podcast with this story. But even the other week, sitting down with mine who is struggling right now, as they go to bed at night of worrying and feeling like their stomach hurts and they're so worried that they might throw up as they're going to sleep. That's, this is the fear. The fear at the top level is I think I'm going to throw up as I'm going to sleep. Now, I mean, this child is not going to throw up. They're not sick, but this is what's happening. And so the conversation goes a little bit like this. Have you ever been to a place where airplanes take off like an airport? And I will usually take all my little ones to airports so that they can watch the planes take off and land so that when we have this conversation, it makes sense to them. But I say, you remember how the planes will take off and land on these air, there's air runways and they're doing it because somebody is telling them that they can land. And you remember how, when we're driving through Atlanta and we see all the airplanes in the sky, but they're not all landing all at once. Cause that would, number one, it would make a big wreck. Right. And my kids laugh. Yes, of course. But also because they're being, they're being given permission to land at a certain time by somebody in the place called the air traffic control tower. 
And those people in the control tower are the bosses of the airport. And they tell the the pilots in the planes that are all up in the air waiting to land in the Atlanta airport, as well as all the planes on the ground who are waiting to take off, they give permission for when you can land and when you can take off. They're the ones who are routing all the traffic. Well, your mind is a little bit like an airport. And you and I, just like over Atlanta, there are lots of planes that fly over Atlanta, but they're not stopping in Atlanta because they're on their way somewhere else or because they've been told that they cannot land. So they're up in the air. You and I, there are lots of times that we have thoughts that come into our mind and we didn't ask for those thoughts to come in. They're just passing through thoughts. But what happens is you and I are the bosses of what thoughts we allow to land, the thoughts that we allow to stay, the thoughts that we say, yeah, I want to think about you for a long time. In essence, what we're doing is we're inviting that thought, that little, that plane to come down and land on our runway of our mind. And then sometimes what I can do with a thought, especially a thought that I get really worried about, is I can then ask them to open their door and put down the stairs and I start climbing up the stairs and I start walking around inside of this plane and I'm looking at how these seats are and how the seatbelts work and I'm wondering if they're going to serve me a Coke if I sit down and I'm wondering how, how the windows work. And I start trying to make my child laugh a little bit about how silly I am on this plane. But then I look at them and I say, but I'm spending a lot of time on this plane looking around, aren't I? And they'll say, yeah. And I say, well, oftentimes there are thoughts that will zip into my mind. And they're not thoughts that are connected with truth. And they're not thoughts that God says yes to in his Bible, in the word but I still let those thoughts land. And then I want to climb up in and I want to look around and think about them for a long time. But you know what? God wants to help you figure out what thoughts are the good thoughts to allow to land and what thoughts are not the good thoughts. And if they do land and if they do open up their steps, and even if you've walked inside, at some point beginning to understand, you know, I need to get off this plane and I need to tell this plane to go. It's not a good plane for my runway. This is not a good thought for my brain. You see, because in Philippians 4, what God tells us is he says, and this is just the wording I use with my kids, as I say in Philippians 4, what God invites us to do is he says, first of all, in everything, By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. The peace of God will guard your heart and your mind. That's God's promise for you and me, is he's going to guard us. So when we're feeling afraid, somewhere we're missing the guarding. But sometimes it's because what's right next is whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, commendable, If there's anything excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Sometimes I'm not letting those planes land and I'm letting the plane full of not truth, 
full of lies land. And then I'm climbing up in it and I'm deciding I want to drink a Coke in there. And my kids will usually laugh at that, right? That's funny, a funny way of saying the story. But the truth is this. Our children will struggle with thoughts in their mind just like you and I do. Because there's a lot of thoughts that just fly into our mind space. Just like airplanes flying across an, you know, across an airspace. They're flying from one end to another going through. We can't control the thoughts sometimes that fly through our heads. We can control what lands. And beginning to help my child learn that difference is important. Why? Because it connects them to the Holy Spirit who will teach them to discern what is true and good and pure and reasonable and worthy of worship and worthy of praise. It will connect them to the Savior who came to save them and change them and make them new and set them free. But it is a process and it is a journey. And so our children will often struggle in seasons with fear and then it will ebb and flow. It may go away for a while. And praise God, right? And you have peace for a little bit and we're not struggling again. And then all of a sudden here it comes back like a sneaky thief in the night. And we need to understand that it is a spiritual battle. And for this child, it may be a significant one. And you and I become warriors battling on our knees on their behalf, praying for the spiritual strength to walk alongside of them and to consistently speak truth to them so that they are forever reminded of the truth when they're being pounded by lies in their heads. The only antidote for this fear is the freedom that Jesus brings. He will bring it in many ways. Yes, high, high, high anxiety. There's great need for help and therapy and counseling. But absolutely the most helpful is Jesus himself. And his word is trustworthy and it is true. And so pivoting our children back to that, helping them remember again, hey, this isn't true. What is truth? Let me replace this with God's truth is an important habit to help them learn. And it's a powerful space for them to begin to engage with God who loves them and knows them so intimately. I want you to know two things. Yes, we have gathered seven verses and we have put them on a pillowcase and we're calling it the fearless pillowcase. Why? Because I I am praying that my children become fearless when they stand against an enemy that wants them to be fearful. I also want them to learn to fear less. <laughs> and so it's a play on words, but it's important. We want to teach our children the truth to stand on so that they will be fearless when an enemy wants them to be fearful. Secondly, I'm encouraging you to go and buy a Warrior Mama's Prayers Journal. I want you to learn how to pray very specifically and consistently for your child, praying scripture for them. This concept of having a child who is wrestling with fear is a spiritual battlefield. It's nothing less than that. I believe that in this day and age, what we are seeing when we're struggling with anxiety and fear and our children are is absolutely to the delight 
of the enemy of our souls, and he wants us in bondage to it. But it is a battlefield that Jesus has come to set us free from. He died that you and I may have life and we may have it abundantly. But we need to pray. And we have the sacred privilege of praying for our children. We dedicate in the journal an entire week every month for the year that this journal is set to give you. There's a week every month that is straight up only about the spiritual battlefield that your child is walking through. It will give you just hallmark, benchmark verses that you can be praying for your children, that you can be claiming over their lives truths and promises that you can be asking God for, that you can be like that widow who was not afraid to keep pounding on the door and asking God to set your child free from that, to help your child walk in victory from that. This is our calling. This is our calling, my friend. So I'm going to encourage you to go to the link in the show notes and and purchase that journal. It is coming in August. It's a pre-order right now. If you're listening to this and it's before August of 2023, it's a pre-order. If you're listening after that, you can just get it. But I am going to encourage you to go and purchase that journal. You need to establish a prayer rhythm of praying for your child. We all do. The reason I wrote it is because I needed to establish that. So I invite you to join me with that prayer journal. I want you to know that this is not an easy one. This isn't a quick fix and it oftentimes doesn't just go away in one stage of life. If you are walking with a fearful child, you'll see it again and again. Sometimes we can be discouraged and think, Clearly, I don't know what I'm doing, or I'm not sure how to handle this, or what's going to ever happen to get this better. I want you to know that your God is utterly committed to your child and to you walking with your child. He loves you, and He loves your baby. I am praying for you. As always, you can reach out to me on Instagram. If you have questions, you need clarifications. I've loved getting questions over the last few episodes and I appreciate them and also want you to know I welcome them. And then as again, can I encourage you take this podcast and share it with your friends? You are not the only one who is walking through this with your child. My prayer is that more and more women will be anchoring their motherhood in the word of God and the word of God alone. Because the storms come, the winds blow, the rain just smashes down on your house. And in everything else, the ground will erode out from under you. But God's word holds fast. I'm praying for you, and I'm cheering you on, my friend. Thanks for listening this week to the Warrior Mama podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support other Warrior Mamas, I'll tell you that one of the best ways that you can do is you can just share this podcast with your friends. You know, sometimes we love to talk about the things we like the most for our face, for our life, for our kids. Can I tell you that it would be a great blessing to begin to share with other moms the things that God is teaching you and the ways that He is growing you in Him. Our prayer over here at the Warrior Mama Podcast is that this podcast is something that does that for you in your life. So feel free to share it with your friends, post about it on social media, and of course, leave a rating and a review 
I love seeing what God is doing in your lives. And I look forward to sitting with you at the kitchen table again next week.